Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, December 18th, 2014, and today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 25, the first full paragraph, which begins, There is a Solution. Today's readers are... Anita J. on the 12 Steps, Santa H. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text, Charles H., Terry H., and Elaine B. The reference number for yesterday, Wednesday, December 17th, is 7115. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition stage, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Anita J. to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Kathy. This is Anita J., a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. The 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so it injured them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Anita J. I will now ask Santa H. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. My name is Santa H. from New Jersey, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater for today. Thank you, God. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less money, less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principle before personality. And I pass. Thank you, Santa Ace. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. 
Today we resume our study of the big book on page 25, the first full paragraph that begins, There is a Solution. And I will ask Charles H. to begin our reading. Thank you, Kathy K., for your continued uh, service. King Thursday represents. My name is Charles H. I ate too much of recovered compulsive over a recovered visionary just for today. <clears throat> Excuse me. There is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings, which the process requires for its successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others, and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living in it. When, therefore, we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up this simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven, and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence of which we had not even dreamed. Once again, my name is Charles. I eat too much of a recovered visionary. And um, I had said to my friends, you know, um, Monday, like like on Friday, I said to my friends, you know what? Like when they get on page 24, huh, it's going to be it's, it's, it's going to be good money. It's going to be a process. So I enjoyed all the shares on that. But now we're on there's a solution. So in order for me to know that there's a solution, I need to realize that I have a problem. And thank God the big book has been breaking the fact down that I have a problem, a mental obsession. And this fourth dimension is the same one mentioned on page eight in Bill's story. How dark it is before the dawn. If in reality, that was the beginning of my last debauch. I was soon to be catapulted, catapulted into what I like to call a fourth dimension of existence. And I was to know peace and happiness and usefulness in a way of life that is incredibly more wonderful as time passes. Oh, man. Um, and successful consummation. Consummation means um, uh, completion. Uh, of a process, finalized, and, and, and how was that? You know, how was that to know that? How was how was that to know that? Um, you know, when I went through the process, the process, the twelve steps, when I leveled my pride, when I when I started um, searching, doing that inventory, four through nine, the work every single day. Um, you know, the process turns a piece of coal into diamonds. Every single day. That's why I'm on this line. I don't have to be voiced every single day. I'm in the crowd listening, and I'm getting them jewels, and I'm writing. My, 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 my big book, they say if your big book is falling apart, chances are your life is not. That's the process, right? That's the process. And thank God to the predecessors, those first hundred that blazed this, this, this place before me because, you know, I get it when people say, you'll keep coming back. 90 meetings in 90 days and all that. But the message is getting watered down. And I was at a men's meeting last night sharing exactly what what, what I've been hearing. Like the process, right, um, is the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, and thank God for it. Because every single day, like like I was talking about the third step and the 11th step, um, how that rockets me into a fourth dimension of existence, which I have not even dreamed about. 
like things that used to just press my button, just don't. When I go to the water, right, and I meditate, and and I and I improve my conscious contact of the God of my understanding. Like nothing presses my button. You know, it's like the AA twelve and twelve says it in the, in the eleven step that um, you know I I I need I need prayer and meditation like 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 I need food, air, and water. I, I need it. I need it, and that is a successful consummation for me. And with that, I'd I like to pass. Thank you, Kathy K., for your continued service. Thank you, Charles H. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Melissa C. Kim. Melissa C. Kim G. Anybody else? Alice M. Alice M. And Vasa Kat. And Vasa O. Okay, let's start with those, and we'll begin with Melissa C. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. This is Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. And, um, oh, I love, you know, there is a solution. And um, when I first, you know, discovered this meeting, um, it was suggested to me um, by someone that I had uh, reached out to from my, face, you know, person-to-person Facebook face-to-face meeting, and um, I had been suffering terribly, and I was full of reasons why I couldn't get to meetings, which, you know, at the time, it was difficult for me to get to those face-to-face meetings, and she suggested this meeting, and uh, right away, I heard here on the line people that had found the solution. You know, this was the first place that I had really heard the word recovered and not recovering. It seemed like recovering was all I've ever heard in my meetings. And because that's all that there really, I shouldn't say that's all there really was, because I'm sure there are people there that were recovered, but I just kept trying to be recovering. Um, And here I really heard there is a solution. And then right afterwards, it's followed by, um, you know, a list of things that I don't like. And and this morning when I pre-read this and I did a little writing on it, I chuckled because, you know, I've always um, made decisions on what I liked. And, what you know, look where that got me. You know, when, I, when I'm operating on what I like and don't like, I, you know, it leads me to the food. I, I think about my children, um, if I allow them to operate solely on what they like, you know, um, Lord knows it's certainly not healthy. And, um, you know, and thank God I was desperate enough to decide um, that I'm not going to go off what I like anymore, but that I'm going to do what I hear other people here doing. And that was press into the step, pick up this spiritual toolkit and, um, you know, and it's been for me since um, February. I'm like a new person. You know, weight loss has been phenomenal, and that's exciting. But the transformation, I'm in the fourth dimension, and um, it is all from doing what I might not necessarily like. And um so grateful because it's actually grown into what I love. <laughs> How has that happened? That's the biggest miracle of all. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa C. And Kim G., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy Kay. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. 
and my mind is all over the place. I swear we could do, you know, share on each freaking sentence in this paragraph. But words that jumped out at me was solutions. You know, so much of this chapter has been about the problem. Because if I don't know what the problem is, how am I going to know what the solution is? You know, if, I, if my bathroom, though, the pipes are leaking and I call an electrician, how is that going to be helpful? You know, I have to know what the problem is. So we, we know what the problem is. The problem is I have an allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. And for so many years, I tried to treat a two-fold illness with the one-fold solution of abstinence only. And we're going to hear later in, that cha- in this chapter, it says, leaving aside the drink question, because we're going to be taught specifically in the next chapter that abstinence is the real problem. I can't get comfortable abstinence. And that's why I need the solution. What is the solution? The solution is a, is a relationship with a higher power. The solution is working these action steps. For many years in OA, I did what, I, what my mother actually called the OA waltz. Steps one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. I never got to the solution, which is these action steps of four through nine. So what is my real problem? Leaving aside the drink question. Someone put it very plainly for me. My whole life, my selfish and self-centeredness to the root of my core is I want my own way. And what happens when I don't get my own way in the past? It's a resentment. When I don't get my own way right now, it's anger and depression. And when I fear not getting my way in the future, I live in fear. So how can I get rid of that with a food plan? So I have to work these steps. In, the, in four through nine, we look at inventories of our resentment, our fear, our sex conduct. We find out that selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of my problems. And by clearing them away, I get a relationship with a higher power which will solve my problem. It will remove my obsession to eat. I remember years sitting in OA and hearing, let's read the promises, let's read the promises. And I would sit there and go, when am I going to get them? Is it 30 days abstinent? Is it 60 days abstinent? Maybe if I, if I can white knuckle it for a year, I can have the promises. It was never explained to me, or at least I didn't hear, that the promises are nine-step promises. They're linked to the steps. I must get through those steps. So what I did have to do is ask myself a question. I'm going to ask you guys, ask yourself a question. Do you want freedom from the consequences of compulsive overeating, which is what a lot of us want? Or do you want freedom from compulsive overeating? And freedom from compulsive overeating means you're going to have to put down the food, work these steps, and have a spiritual awakening sufficient to bring about recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. And Alice M., please go ahead. This is Alice M., a compulsive overeater from Florida. And um, the the sentence, almost none of us likes the self-searching. And I tell you, I, I um, throughout my, my, my adult life, I have always been in therapy in and out, and I thought that was self-searching. You know, I, I look at it now as it was very, and this is just my experience for me. I am not knocking therapy at all. I still use it as one of my sources. Um, it was very narcissistic for me. I got to really get into my self-pity. So that was a self-searching. I like that. I like the attention of sitting with a therapist one-on-one and it's all about me, all about me, and just delving into my past. But this self-searching in um, the steps is, um, 
I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it because what I'm finding um, my in my honest self-searching, I'm finding things that I don't like about myself. Um, and that that is leveling my pride, you know, and, and I'm finding those shortcomings. And um, for me, it's, it's and then when I find the shortcomings, okay, that's not enough just to admit them. It says, you know, confession of our shortcomings. But, but then I need to take the next step, which is correcting them, changing my behaviors, um, aligning myself with the principles of this program. Because I did see at, further down the paragraph, it says, um, when therefore we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. For me, it's, okay, I will see people, I will listen to people who say they are recovered and who really have serenity in their life, and I really admire how they are um, living in the principles of tolerance and open-mindedness and courage and um, self-examination. And so um, I say, okay, so what is it, Alice? You want that? Then there is nothing left for me to do but to go to these principles, you know, to live in these principles, to practice these principles. And it is, it is challenging. You know, it's challenging. Um, I don't want to level my pride and make amends, but I am willing to do that today. You know, for so long I thought, you got to be kidding me. You mean this stuff, making amends, really is important for keeping me away from binging and puking? I mean, is that really important? That's really going to be it? And I, I question a lot of stuff, and it's like, you know what? I don't know. So I don't know, but all I know is the people that I – see, have what I want, which is neutrality around the food and, you know, relief from that hopeless state of mind, that obsession. And they're actually people standing on the side of love and compassion and service to others. I want that. So if what they've done, part of it is some of these things that I don't want to do, well, you know, I have a choice. And today I choose to, I choose to stand in these principles and to go through this really uncomfortable, uncomfortableness sometimes with with admitting um, where I was wrong. And I had to do that a couple times yesterday. And that is the real self-searching um, and leveling of my pride that's going to save my ass. I know. I just have a feeling about that. And to stay in that. Um, so that's that's what I have to share this morning. I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Alice M. And Vasa O, please go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy, for your service. And, and I'm Vasa Ulrich. I'm a compulsive overeater calling from Florida. I knew I had a problem before I came to Overeaters Anonymous because I've been trying to look for the solution for, for years and years. So by the time I came to Overeaters Anonymous, I was ready to admit that I had lost control over the food. But I did not know that. I didn't understand the allergy. That was like amazing. I said, wow, I got allergy. I've been putting this toxic food in my body, and and it sets up all the craving and the mood swings. So for me, that was a miracle that I found. And, and the, the obsession with the food, well, of course, I've been obsessed, you know, with the food. I knew the obsession, but I didn't know how to stop it. So I'm so grateful that I found the solution. Yeah, I was jumping for joy. Wow. Uh, something that I've been trying to, to accomplish for so long, so many years, there's a solution for me right here. If I surrender to God, if I surrender 
through the programs and the 12 steps, then this is the solution. I was so grateful. So the person that brought me in the program, she 12-stepped me. I've shared many, many times for one week, you know, and before I came to my first meeting, you know, and she did said, she stressed, Vasa, you need to surrender. You need to put the food in God's hands. God is going to help you. God will do for you that you can do for yourself. Well, I was terrified. You know, I grew up with fearful punishing God. She said, you know, she said, I'll lend you my God. But I didn't care. I was, had a lot of confusion by God. I did surrender to God in my bathroom. I locked myself. I didn't want anybody to think I was crazy. But anyways, and that's when my abstinence started, the next morning, you know, and I needed to ask God to help me, to get me through the day. My sponsor could not follow me and see what I was putting in my mouth. So I did step one, two, and three all at the same time, but she said, keep on focusing, keep the food down, and then you can get into the step four, five. I said, well, geez, I got my abstinence. I don't know why I have to get into step, step four and five to examine, you know, um, my behaviors and my patterns of my eating habits and everything else in my life. But she said, you know what? If you don't work on the steps, you can go right back into the food again. And I would have, I did everything I could. I, I, don't, I didn't want to go back to the food addiction. So for me, the promise started coming right from the beginning. God started doing for me what I couldn't do with the food. Keep me abstinent. And then she said, God will give you the strength, and God will give you the courage to go to step four. Even if it's embarrassing, even if it's scary, God will get you there with the, with the help of the program, and I'll be there to help you, and, um, and, and you don't have to be afraid. So gradually, little by little, I started getting into the step four, and then again, one step at a time. Thanks for letting me share and pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Janice M. Janice. Okay, so Janice M. and Larry K. Anybody else? Leah. Leah. Okay, go ahead, Janice. Anita L. Anita L. Okay, I added you to the list after Leah. Thank you. Okay, Janice M., please go ahead. Well, thank you, Kathy, for your service, and good morning, everyone. My name is Janice M., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Okay, on page 24, it reminded me and whoever is here that if had the same experience as I has, have had with compulsive overeating, that I had to place myself beyond beyond human aid. That's my experience because there was nothing left for me to try. No human, no human being, no method, no anything. Not even the fellowship. Not even the fellowship. The fellowship supported me temporarily with the food plan which was my which addressed my physical problem. Okay? And of course the fellowship was not enough because they're made up of human beings, you know. Um, not, I'm not saying that it's bad, but going to meetings, morning, noon, and night, talking to a sponsor, daily telephone calls are all wonderful, but it's not enough. Those are the tools. See, it talks about tools here, but there's two set of tools. There's two kits. <laughs> you know, there's the tools of the fellowship, 
which is all those, you know, that support, which is great, which helped me out temporarily. But you see, I never had permanent recovery because I had a worse problem, and that was the obsession of my mind. And my mind never could get rid of my obsession. So there was a choice. There's, they talk about, you know, this other toolkit. Well, that's, that's the secret. The toolkit is not made up of human beings, and the toolkit is a, human, is, is a power that we will find when we implement these steps that will eradicate for one day the obsession of my mind because I have a spiritual problem, and physical problems cannot heal spiritual problems. They address the physical. Spiritual addresses the, spir- the spiritual, which is, which is the solution that I find a power, because that was my problem, lack of power. And uh, I am so grateful that I know today that nothing fixed my problem, nothing will fix my problem unless I do these steps. And that's the toolkit. It's right at our feet. All we have to do is pick them up. Don't even have to look for it. It's right here. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. And Larry Kay, please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy Kay. Larry Kay, recovered uh, compulsive reader from Chicago. Thank you for your service. Um, boy, thank God there is a solution. And, you know, it. I think, uh, you know, this paragraph for me, what it brings to mind is it brings me back. Um, I did not like the, the self-searching, the leveling of our pride. See, I'm, as, a, as an addict, you know, my brain is wired for the shortcut. You know, I've always looked for the shortcut. Um, and what we look for, we find. And uh, so my life was a series of looking for shortcuts, shortcuts in, um, in achieving those things that I wanted to accomplish, lacking the integrity uh, to do those things, you know, that, that needed to be done. And so whether it was relationships, whether it was um, achievements in education, work, I always looked for the shortcut. So is it any wonder that when I got here uh, to the, in, into the rooms uh, that I also was looking for a shortcut? Of course I was. You know, I had read the big book. Now where's the cliff notes? Where's the, the Wikipedia? Where's the, you know, whatever it was that I could find a way to rewrite this for me because I wanted, I do not like any discomfort, any discomfort. I will look for ease and comfort in anything. If the, if the wall that I'm staring at would give me love, you know, then I'm, I'm all in. You know, I, whatever it was that would bring me that ease and comfort. And so when I got here and I saw that the problem had been solved, I learned about the problem. And I saw in others that the problem had been solved, you know. And they had told me, you know, they, there was a person who, who cracked open that big book with me. And I really did not want to face those things. So I, I did them superficially, and I did everything superficially. My food plan was superficial. Um, I did not do this precisely as laid out uh, in the big book and as presented to me by those in whom the problem had been solved, if I was really honest with myself. And you know what I got? Nothing. I got nothing. Half measures gave me nothing. But you know what I have today when I finally, when this disease beat me and pummeled, the crap out of me, 
what happened was I finally did exactly and precisely what was what was asked and what this big book presented. And today I have peace and serenity in the midst of calamity and challenge. Of course, today I don't want the food. I don't need the food. The miracle, though, for me today is the peace and serenity and the calm because these steps enabled me to get into a new relationship with the higher power of my own, own understanding. And that's made all the difference in my life. So thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. Thank God there's a solution. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. And Leah M., please go ahead. Thanks Thanks so much, Kathy, for your service. Good morning, everybody. Leah M., recovery compulsive overeater. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of pride, the confession of shortcomings, which the process requires for its successful consummation. Yeah, um, you know, the big book teaches me that um, to get over compulsive overeating is going to require a transformation of thought and attitude. And so that goes beyond, you know, just staring at a food plan. You know, much more than my compulsive overeating had to be um, arrested, had to be uh, looked at. You know, my own life philosophy, my attitudes, my belief system, my perspective on life, all of that had to be confronted and overhauled. And that's exactly what the step process was about. You know, what is the barrier between Leah and God? And when we got rid of that stuff through plumbing the depths of my personality and my attitudes and my outlook upon life, I began to have a consciousness of God. You know, and ultimately what that meant was that I was having a psychological change sufficient to overcome that mental obsession, which continued to send me back to compulsive overeating. And that is what happened. And of course, that process never stops. I continue to press in. So more than just, you know, the actual bags and boxes had to be, um, you know, torn apart. It was me. It was my personality. You know, just to stare uh, at abstinence was missing the boat. You know, my whole my whole perspective on life, my vision of life that we call about, we talk about a, a vision for you, a new vision, you know, new eyes. Um, I needed that and I was able to have that through the process of these steps. I needed a new mind and I needed that mind to be a spirit-guided mind and I could get that through the process of the 12 steps where we examined uh, with that first action, real action step of step four, started to plumb the depths of my personality and see the twists and see how it discolored my personality because I was the creator of my own pain. Nobody was stuffing brownies down this throat. No one was doing this to me. I was mutilating myself, you know, uh, so I needed a new mind, a spirit-guided mind, you know, and it says here, but we saw that it really worked in others, and absolutely, you know, to sit across the table from someone whose uh, obsession of the mind had been driven out, had been expelled. And the beauty of that is that on one side, I had my own personal experience of almost two decades of chronic, progressive, compulsive overeating. And on the other side of the table was living proof that a power greater than that person had restored him to sanity. And you know what? I didn't know what game we were playing exactly. And despite my crippled belief system, I threw the dice on the table and I said, I'm in. I'm in. 
because <laughs> I can't take one more day, not one more day of this torture. And I believe that I have a better life today than I could have ever had, had I never had this illness. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. And Anita L., please go ahead. Good morning. This is Anita L. from Philadelphia, recovered for today. Uh, I wanted to share because um, where it says none of us like this, uh, the self-searching and, and doing all the steps, especially step four. And I have to say that I had uh, the opposite experience. I was excited. I was ready. You know, I have been in the program for a very long time, for decades, and I've done like a dozen four steps throughout the throughout all my years. Uh, and I knew what that would bring me to, uh, you know, a, a closer level to my higher power. And that's what it says this program is all about, developing a new relationship with my higher power, whom I call God. And um, so I was excited this time around to look at my defects of character, see what I had done to hurt others. And... I was excited because the sentence says, but we saw that it really worked in others. And we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as I had been living it. And yesterday I shared about that hopelessness and futility of life, not even being wanting to get out of bed for months. And today I have the opposite end of the spectrum. I was just sharing that earlier this morning with a sponsee and today life is so full it's so rich it's so positive it's so beautiful and um so now the problem has been solved with me and the reason why it's been solved in the respect that i'm not living in the disease today i'm living in the solution i'll I'll always have uh, the disease of compulsive overeating and food addiction however i don't have to yield to my obsessive thoughts and that's the difference um because what i did i picked up the simple kit of spiritual tools which was working the steps Uh, And now I'm learning to pause, ponder, and pray when the obsession comes back. Uh, My sponsor suggested that I I make a deposit daily in my spiritual bank account so that when the obsession returns, not if, when the obsession returns, I will uh, yield to the, the solution and I will stop, think, and ask God for help and then have a plan of action. For me, usually it's picking up the phone and um, and work it out so that I can get out of my stuff and the desire to want to take that first bite has been lifted. And then I pick up the phone and call someone who is having a difficult time or is new to the program so that I can give service. And because I'm doing that, 
It says we have found much of heaven and we have been rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence which we had not even dreamed. And guys, let me just tell you, this life that I'm living today is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And, you know, uh, a year and a half ago, I didn't think it was possible to ever get my absence back. And just having that little crack of willingness is all I needed to have a beginning. And then it kept growing and growing by listening to you on, on this meeting. And today, I am one of the lucky ones who has been I'm released from the... Okay, release from the obsession from food. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Anita J. Um, I'm going to ask Terry H. to read the next paragraph, please. Good morning, Kathy Kay. Thank you. Uh, my name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. The great, <clears throat> the great fact is just this and nothing less that we have had a deep and effective spiritual experience which has revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows, and towards God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine, and um, this paragraph is, is such a beautiful paragraph. I mean, it just says it all for me. Um, I call page 25 um, the page of hope um, because there's so so much hope on this page, and it's not about the food anymore. And for me, it took me a long time to get here. You know, my compulsive overeating life was so filled with um, so much pain and unmanageability, and just trying to you know, figure it out myself and, um, you know, having belts of short, um, just short-lived white knuckled abstinence and um, it was just filled with so much insanity and um, it wasn't until I, you know, I stopped holding my breath and uh, doing it my way and um, asking, you know, asking for help from another compulsive overeater and um, and as a result of that, you know, I, I, I have picked up the 12 steps and, I, you know, I learned through through picking up those 12 steps, uh, I have a mind that's out to get me and a God that's out to help me. And um, as a result of taking the actions in steps 1 through 9 and living in 10, 11, 12, you know, I, I started to have a personality change. And um, this personality change has been a, a shift in the way that I would, you know, would think, in a way that I would live, and um, in a way that I would feel and behave. Um, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Uh, you know, I had a step guide that took took the time um, that um, really held the lantern and uh, led the way for this process for me. And as a result of trusting this process and doing the work, I've been restored to sanity and the, the obsession has been removed. Um, I just know today that what, I, know my, I know what my problem is. Um, I know what the solution is. And I have a plan of action. And that plan of action is being the 12 steps and that that action, you know, the 12 steps has been my treasure map that that has led me to the real treasure being a God of my own understanding. And I'm so grateful that God has done for me what I could never do for myself. And um, I just, um, I can't put words to this paragraph. Um, I guess that's it. Thanks for letting me share. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Terry H. 
Thank you, Terry H. Who would like mm-hmm. to share? Eileen C. Uh, Eileen Eileen Rose. Rose. This is Bella. Can I share? Um, I'm sorry, we're going to have to start over. The early people, who were they again? Eileen. Okay, Eileen. Eileen, what's your initial of your last name? C, as in cat. Okay, great. Uh, Did I hear Sarah W.? You did, Kathy. Okay, great. Sarah W. And who else? Bella. I heard Bella and who else? Nancy. Rose. Nancy. Barbara. Okay. Nancy. Uh, what? Bar. Okay. And I think there were a couple more people. So I have I have Eileen C, Sally A, Sarah W, Bella, Nancy R, and who else? Lauren S. Lauren S. And one more person. Judith R. Judith R. Okay, why don't we see if we can get through those. Okay, Eileen C., please go ahead. Hi, everyone. Um, um, thank you for your service, and thanks to everyone who's on the line today. Um, I, I read this paragraph right before I dialed into the meeting, and I have lots of big books, but the one that I look at every day is a little small, so it's kind of portable, mm-hmm. and I opened it to this to this page, and um, it's the only page in the big book Mm -hmm. in We lost you, Eileen C. That's star one. Are you there, Eileen C.? Sorry about that. Do you hear me now? Yes. Okay. I don't know how that happened, but um, (laughs) anyway, um, this paragraph uh, the the paragraph be the the part beginning with there is a solution through the line we we just read is highlighted in blue and I have an image of a heart next to it and then I bracketed um, again the central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. This, to me, is the heart and soul of our program, and I'm so grateful to have the 12 steps that helps me um, realize this and and practice this and put it into um, physical reality to manifest it. Um, I'm just so grateful for it, and I just wanted to share that... um, Ironically, or maybe not ironically, as I was reading that um, sentence that says that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which was indeed miraculous, this morning I read it as our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. And suddenly I um, had the awareness that that is where my Creator, my higher power lives. My higher power lives in my heart and I need to go there to relieve the obsession of my mind. And the way I can go there every day is um, by practicing the, the 12 steps. And um, that's all I have to share, and I hope I wasn't too obscure. Thank you so much for letting me share, and thank you to everyone on the line, everyone who comes, those of us who share 
and those of us who are just here holding the sacred space of this meeting, it um, enables me to dip into the nourishment of my higher power as well as when I'm alone during the day. So thank you very much. That I pass. <clears throat> thank you, Eileen C. And Sally A., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Vision C. with Sally A. in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. And this is really a fabulous paragraph. It's just To me, this is one of the most important paragraphs in the entire book. It starts out with these words, the great fact is. And we, have, we read that every morning on page 164. The, the only other place in the book that says the great fact, this great fact. And both times when they tell us the great fact, they're telling us that the great fact is that we have a higher power and that we have the opportunity to connect and to make conscious contact with that higher power. And here in this paragraph on page 25, goes on to tell us that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences. And if they're going to carry this thought through to page 27, where it says a very similar sentence right smack in the middle of the page, it talks about vital spiritual experiences. And the word vital means essential in the, in the, um, in the big book dictionary. Vital means essential, spiritual experiences. And here they use the word revolutionize. And the word re- revolutionize means to, to have drastically change. And when they use this word spiritual experience on page 27, they talk about being rearrangement, the rearrangement that occurs in us as we become recovered, as we pick up this spiritual, this simple spiritual kit, these 12 steps. It's interesting because the big book uses such powerful words to talk about this drastic change that overcomes us. Um, with Ebby, on page 12, the very first word, it talks about reorganize. It uses the word transformation on page 143. But here when we talk about being revolutionized, this really speaks to my heart because it says that we have had this, which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and toward God's universe. And, you know, I gave some thought to that wow, what has drastically changed in me in two and a half years? I celebrated last Sunday my two and a half year anniversary of putting away an old friend, food, and the drug of my choice, food. And I realized that what's drastically changed is my attitude, my motives, which were driven by a hundred forms of fear for many, 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 many years. And now what's different is that my dependence is now on God. That's the spiritual experience. I'm no longer worrying, as I did in my 30s, who's going to take care of me in my old age. My dependence was on my kids. Who's going to take care of me when I was 19? My dependence was on a stranger that I married after only knowing him for nine months because I was continually looking for who can I depend on, but I didn't understand that my dependence must be on God, as it says on page 98. And as it's telling us here, this effective spiritual experience I depended on my boss, but now I don't do that anymore. My dependence is now on my new employer, my God. And when it talks about this effective spiritual experience and how I've revolutionized, I've had this, I haven't, but God has revolutionized my attitude toward life, who I depend on, toward my fellows, 
It's not about me or, or it's not all about me anymore. On page 86, it talks about how I become more kind and how my focus is on other people and helping other people and pulling people into the lifeboat instead of me just drying out and being all happy and hunky-dory that I'm in the lifeboat. But instead, I'm reaching uncomfortably into the water and, and dragging people into the lifeboat so they can become recovered too. And toward God's universe, I'm even, I'm even more gentle and I treat God's planet more gently. So I'm completely reorganized and I'm continually becoming more revolutionized. My, my thinking is more revolutionized. I'm, my, my personality is reorganized. And thank God I'm becoming daily transformed and all because of this spiritual experience that the spiritual kit, the simple spiritual kit that was talked about in the last paragraph provides for us. Thanks for letting me share with that. I pass. Thank you, Sally A. Um, I just want to make a gentle reminder for people to stay to approximately three minutes in their share so that we can hear from as many people as possible. Go ahead, Sarah W. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you for your service. Good morning. This is Sarah W. I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, you know, I see that we have a little asterisk, and I am, you know, I just wanted to bring us to the back of the book for a second because it is a really important part of the book. Um, it's, um, you know, where it talks about the spiritual experience, um, it, you know, that we have had a deep and effective spiritual experience. And it, and it does change our attitudes, and the steps really do change us. There's no doubt in my mind, um, and, and that, that is evident in my behaviors, in my thinking. I, I wanted to, to preface that with the idea that we don't become perfect because none of us are, um, and that God is doing for us what we can't do for ourselves, but we all have struggles during the day, struggles in um, parts of our life that may be painful, but it's how we deal with those issues. Um, and, you know, I wanted to read the very back of it where it says, um, most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of, um, in the light of our experience can recover provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. And then, of course, the wonderful uh, part where it talks about, you know, uh, there is a principle which is bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep us a man in everlasting ignorance, and that principle is contempt prior to investigation. So I'm not going to speak anymore, but I just would like to say that that is what can hold us back if we decide that we just don't believe that this can happen for us and that we just, you know, don't feel we were worthy or it's just it's impossible. You know, if you try it, you know, it's like, you know, you're, you're pretty much guaranteed that it's going to change your life. It's going to make your life much better. So if we make the effort, but we have to do the work. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Um, unfortunately, we are out of time. And so I'm going to ask uh, those who wanted to share, if you can stay around and share in the second hour, that would be great. Um, I want to thank everybody who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, follow that by the serenity prayer. 
Would Elaine B. please read our vision for you? Thank you for your service, Kathy. This is Elaine B. Recovered in Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you, Elaine. And um, I would now like to ask all of us to 